Hey, Road Trippin' fam. We are excited to let you know that Road Trippin' is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played NBA Daily Fantasy on FanDuel before? Well, check this out. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Why should you play on FanDuel NBA? Well, for one, it is easy to use when it comes to their app. What's not to love about that? But also, for example, they offer different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level. Oh yeah, and get this, you can play for big prizes, single game contests for the biggest national matches, and enter contests for as low as five cents. That's right, five cents. Simply incredible. So again, let's recap. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Enter URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin to play now and get your deposit bonus. That's URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win. Cheers. Cheers, cheers, cheers. 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 What is, what is that? What is that, a Celsius? I know. I know. I'm at work. Right, Welcome into this edition of Road Trip and presented by FanDuel. I'm your host, Ali Clifton, alongside Channing Fry, Richard Jefferson. And our guest today is not only a stud on the field, but as you're about to learn, he shares some similarities with our crew off the field. And we're excited to dive into it all with safety from the Broncos, Denver Broncos, Kareem Jackson. Kareem. Wow. <laughs> welcome, 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 big fella. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, should we do the nuts and bolts first, or should we talk about what we share off the field? No, 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 hold on. I have this question. So, you were the same class as Earl Mitchell, who went to U of A, right? Yes. Did Earl ever tell you about, because I'm on a text chain, I say, yo, we're about to interview Kareem. And they said, did Earl ever tell you about how magical Tucson is? Mm, no, I don't think he ever told me. Okay. Yeah. He never told me. Well, you got to change. This is what you have to understand. Like The way Alabama football players get treated is the way Arizona <laughs> basketball yeah. players get treated. They don't talk so, to like, the you know, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot for a second. Channing Richard, does that hurt y'all's ego that he didn't really have much to say about Arizona? Or no, no, we're oh, a basketball, no, 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 we're no, no, no. basketball no, yeah, we're, school. Yeah, we're, we're, we're a basketball we're, we're school. A basketball like, school. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> we have good yeah, we, individual football players, but when you get beat by 70, we're like a basketball school then a softball school, then a swimming school. Football comes comes last, right? Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> the best facility, but when you get beat by 70, you know, you got to make some changes. No, look, man, like that's, a, that's the day that we talk about. What is that like, Alabama? So, like, Arizona as a basketball player is the greatest. What, like, give me a day in the life of an Alabama football player. It's, it's basically like being a professional player already because the campus is just it's the campus is just the entire Tuscaloosa and that's where it's in Tuscaloosa Alabama and I went from and I'll, I'll tell you the different experiences though because my my freshman year we weren't that good we went seven and six we played in what I call the toilet bowl was the Shreveport uh, Independence Bowl we played against Colorado which was terrible which would be a huge sophomore. game for Arizona football be a huge game for us <laughs> 
my soft my sophomore year we went 12 and 2 we was 12 and we was 12 and 0 up until the SEC championship we lost to Florida uh T-Bow they were loaded you know had all those guys and so we ended up um losing SEC championship and we lost to um Utah in um a bowl game but just night and day difference from my freshman year to that's one of those games where we're like, all right, we don't want to be here. You know, <laughs> let's just go out here and get this shit over with. Uh, excuse me, can I use that yeah. type of language? You can cut. You can say whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Channing, <laughs> Chan- Chan- the so further away you get from the mic, the harder it is for us to hear you, Channing. Oh my god. So, so everybody, let me go ahead and get shit over. We've been in in New Orleans for a whole week. We're ready to go home. But just a night and day difference from being a subpar team on to, to, you know, obviously saving doing his whole recruiting thing and bringing in all the guys that, you know, he wanted to bring in. It's not any difference. It's pretty much any and everything you wanted to do around campus in Birmingham. It, it was, it was whatever. Like, so we would go to restaurants and eat hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of food. You get your check back. It might be $5. Like the best steakhouses in town. Uh. God, that sounds like a dream. See, they weren't giving us free food. They were just giving us free liquor, which in hindsight at our school, it's, it's, it's just, it, it's just as much as gold, but I want to talk about the competitiveness at Alabama, right? Because I, what I see and the reason why Alabama is at the top all the time, one, it's coaching, you know, two, it's, it's the talent, but it's also the competitiveness within the talent because every year there's more high school, all Americans coming in. So like freshman year to sophomore year, right. that, that doesn't mean, Oh, Oh, next year's my year right? or next year's my year, because they could have a future number one pick or top five pick coming in right behind you. Cause he wants to play at Alabama. How did that, did that help you that competitiveness? Did you look around? Was it like a iron sharpens iron or was it one of those things where it's like everyone's so locked in because the stepping stone um i think it was a little bit of all that because you know every year they was, we was going to reload you know we had all these five stars you know um obviously Saban had just got back to college so you know he was the hottest thing going in in college football at that point in time and we were winning we just went 12 and 2 and he's just all of these five stars rolling in rolling in rolling in and so for you it's just like well you know these guys not coming here for no reason and, and a lot of it was like you know, to get those guys, obviously those coaches making promises and stuff like that. So for me, it's just like, you know, I know what I'm here for. I only want to be here three years. So there's no way they're going to sign somebody that's going to come take my spot. So um, it's an iron sharpened iron just because you don't want to be that wink wink out there. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. um, for me, defensively, we had a ton of guys that were really good. So I didn't want to be the, the liability out there. I didn't want to be the one of the guys looking at just like, man, because, you know, sometimes you play with that liability and you just like, either how can we help them get better or we're going to have to try to get them off the field <laughs> at some point. So I, I didn't want to be that guy. <laughs> and for no, me – Nobody uh, wants to be that day, guy. For me, day one on campus, um, it was me and a guy named Rolando McClain. He was like one of my best friends in college. And our only mentality was to go three and out. We're going to play out three seasons and we're going to go. We're going to let them, the chips fall where they may. And, you know, we had three great seasons and both of us ended up getting drafted first round. So that was our mentality. Our first day on campus, we stuck to that. We worked worked to it. And that was all we we thought about. And so, you know, um, 
uh, like I say, with you asking that question, it was a little bit of all of that. Do you have? Uh, oh, you look like you have something to say. You look I'm like just you making sure it's like a little like fuzzy on my end, so I just want to make sure I'm not like interrupting as you guys are talking too. Um, do you have a favorite Nick Saban story? I I, I know Richard and Shane don't care about this, but Nick Saban coached at my alma mater as well for a year. Um, Toledo. Toledo, 1990. <laughs> also was a GA at Kent State. So he represented in the MAC a little bit. Okay. Um, do you have a favorite Nick Saban The MAC story? and Cheese Conference. Um, it's a ton, but I, I just remember one time on the field and you know, you have one of those players that kind of pissed the, uh, the coach off and then he just really starts to, you know, go off on them. And I just remember we was doing this kickoff drill. So kicking it off 50, 60 yards down the field. And the entire time we doing the special teams drill, he like literally walking up and down the field with this guy every time. And he just basically giving him hell. And he just, and I, he just got to a point and he was just like, fuck, you're not even that good. Like, he, he tell him that, I'm just like, oh my God. But he was one of those guys, like, it didn't care who, he didn't care who, what player it was. If he was a coach, player, um, athletic trainer, he didn't care. If he got pissed off about something, he's going to let you hear about it. Did, did that help you? So, like, again, every school is different. Like, the way you know, like we're going to associate with basketball, but you know, the way Urban Meyer approaches something is different than Nick Saban. The way Lute Olson, like our college coach approached something is different than let's say Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, Shout out our guy, Roy Williams, great career retirement. We'll get into that. But do you think that that better prepared you? Because when you're talking about that type of environment at Alabama, next thing you know, you're getting into the NFL and there's no difference. You guys are prepping the same. You're working the same. You're training the same. Like, was it was it a big jump for you? I'm not talking about like talent. Obviously, you're going against fucking Calvin Johnson's and different receivers like on a nightly basis. But was it a difference like, oh, this is the same. It's just the talent that we're going against is better. Um, it definitely prepared me. You know, um, I would say going into – well, finally getting drafted, you know, the coaches were a little more lenient. You know, obviously they expect you to come in and handle your business and, and just leaving him. Man, him being so demanding and he's going to ride you for every little thing. And he was a DB coach as well. So I would have to – we would watch film with him. We went through individuals with him. And so every little thing you did wrong, he was going to critique it. You know, he's going to correct you here. Uh Footwork. If you if, if you step outside of yourself to go a, a certain way, he's going to correct every little thing you did. So it definitely helped me, you know, just just my mentality, just um, you know, making sure I honed in on the little things as a player, and 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 you know, obviously expecting a lot out of myself, and not just expecting you know the coaches to correct you on everything. So it definitely helped me in that aspect. You know, covering guys like you know, obviously Calvin Johnson and Larry Fitzgerald. Who's a guy? Because you know. On Instagram, you see these videos of Derrick Henry doing these workouts, right? Who's the guy when you're back there and he got a full head of steam that you like, listen, I got to harness every bit of the pounds that I got to put this dude down. Like, who is just a rhinoceros when he gets a head of steam or a bowling ball? Um, I would say right now him, but before him, it was Adrian Peterson. Was just a Ooh. monster. He was, he was that guy especially being in the secondary once you know once he got to you he was he was at top speed especially if he untouched and the air your head just like how in the hell i'm gonna get this guy down <laughs> and 
And it's just like, well, you know, obviously I got to try to shoot my gun before he shoots his, but he's one of those guys. He's not slowing down. He's not going to stutter his feet. He sees you and it's just, you almost like you can see his eyes. It's like, I'm like, oh my yeah. God. But it's one of those things. You better bite down on your mouthpiece and get ready for, for a collision, man. But uh, he's, he's definitely, just, just over his career, man, he's always been one of those guys that when you see him in the open field, better have your lunch pail that day because it's not it's, it's not going to be anything pretty yeah that's funny when you say it that way you're just like when he yeah if he gets in the open field or if he gets into the backfield especially if he's untouched at that point in time he is run like because i think derrick henry as as big as he is like like adrian peterson seemed more like a missile when he broke um, through that uh, um, a missile uh a missile and it's like it, we used to call him a, a raging bull. Like he is almost like he's seeking that contact and, and he's running. So and he was fast too. So he's running so fast. It's like, it, it's no way you're going to win that matchup. So it's just like, you got to get to him. You hopefully somebody slows him down or, or spins him around and he don't have that full head of steam, but you gotta, you gotta try to close that space as much as you can before he get going. Okay. So then who, if you had to pick one, if you had to pick one, Open field. If I had to pick one, AP, Adrian Peterson. Okay. I'm going to say okay. Adrian Peterson. Well, you know, that's, we're, not, and, and that's just, we're not really going out on a limb there saying that's AP. No disrespect, right, it's not, that's no disrespect to, to, to uh, Derrick Henry. I, I just feel like Derrick Henry is more finesse than Adrian Peterson. Derrick Henry mm-hmm. might make you miss in the open field. Or he, you know, stiff arm you. AP ain't gonna make you miss. He on the he's that train. He's on the tracks, and if you get on him, it's, it's it, it ain't gonna be pretty. Okay, good. That's because that's what it feels like watching. <laughs> so it feels okay, like I watching is good to know that's right. experience. I have a question because like six, six speaking of six seven months ago, we had on here Miles Garrett and Channing and Richard were talking about the transfer from an NFL player to an NBA player or vice versa. Which one was easier? Like having these conversations, Channing, if you were in the NFL, what position would you play? Punter? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you not, not hitting me? Are you fucking kidding? I was about to not, say, you sound like you don't want to get hit. No! Are you, you saw Miles Garrett doing windmills? You want him to hit me? No. I'm not built that way, right? Listen. You said I'm a punter. A punter. I, listen, a punter. You're not touching me. Hey, if you touch me, Get your ass up out of here. All I got to do is lift and punt the shit out of a football and then run and and act like I'm going to chase somebody. And they don't even lift. See? Those guys don't lift, man. Those guys don't do it. They don't do it. They don't lift. They They probably practice once a week and... Most of the time they come to practice, they in sneakers and 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 whatever it has. Is that is that why is that why you you guys really hate them? And I and I don't mean that as like people. I just mean their position. I feel like there's always this underlying level of resentment towards like kickers and punters and like like when you had one job whenever they make a mistake. Like you guys are the first ones to oh, tackle them and celebrate but when <laughs> they like, make oh, a mistake. Man. I will. I, I won't. I don't hate them. It's just that you know sometimes you in camp and you're in those dog days at camp and they still kind of they come in every day. They upbeat. 
they're still feeling good. You know, week 15, <laughs> roll around. You know, you might you might have a uh, you might have might have a high ankle sprain, a sprained ankle, or nursing injuries, and they come through smiling, upbeat, and he's just like, man. <laughs> That's me. Hey, you look, know, that's me every day. What's up, guys? We ready to win? Man, and some, and, and in some organizations, it's like they don't even have to stay there all day. Like you know, like and 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 I've never sat in a meeting room with them, but I can't imagine what what a meeting would be like. I'm. What are y'all meeting about? <laughs> it's like I, I don't I don't know what they would talk hey, about. You need okay, so this is one closer to the goal line. <laughs> See, that's why I want to be a punter, not a kicker. Because and I respect a those guys because I respect those guys because I can't kick. But I'm just like when it comes to the the amount of time that you know, obviously, other positions spend in meeting rooms and you know the aches and pains and the bru- all that stuff. You know, it's just it it doesn't match up. So it's just kind of like you look at them, you just like look at this. <laughs> no, okay, so this is one. We always have conversations in sports about like what's easiest is like like baseball, they'll travel places and they'll be there for like four days and they only travel to like warm weather cities. Right. Like they have to go to Milwaukee, but they're going to Milwaukee in June. Right. And then a lot of these guys live in different places, but they have to get to the ballpark even for like a seven o'clock game. They have to get to the ballpark at like two o'clock. Right. Like right. it's super early. For us, and even practice, like practice, we could be at practice for an hour, right? And that's like an actual like scheduled practice. That means that like we have practice for like 45 minutes, maybe an hour, then everyone shoots at their own hoops. You might lift, you do your treatment. But really, if you were doing the bare minimum, you could be in and out of there in like probably 90 minutes, hour and a half, about 90 minutes. If you Like if you had, like if you were like, look, I got an appearance or like, you know, I got to get back because my kid or I'm going to go say goodbye to my parents. So like if you were just like an in and out day, 90 minutes. Are you telling people like, that you did the bare minimum? No, I'm just saying that there were times that there were times. Okay. For instance, if you didn't, like everybody knows this one, if you didn't pack before your flight, right? If you did not pack before your flight, you would get to practice and you would be like, guys, I got to go pack. So it was like, as soon as practice was over, there was no extra work. There was go home, pack, and then meet at the airport. So like, we we're talking about like just a rare moment. That being said, will you tell people what a football like morning, like kind of like a, a medium to long day is for y'all? It's shit's absurd. It's absurd. It's, 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 it's like, so for me, and obviously I'm a little older, so I got to get going. I had to get my body going and all this extra shit. So. Um, I'm and obviously with being with Denver now, it's a little bit different when I was in Houston because Houston would meet a little earlier. So in Denver, we probably meet about 8 30. I'm usually up about 6 30, 7 o'clock. Yeah. I'm like five minutes from the facility. So I'm usually, yeah. Don't, so don't I'm usually there. Yeah. I, I'm usually there an hour before meetings. So probably 7 30, I walk in the building. You, you can have the option to lift before meetings in the morning, and usually I will lift just to get it knocked out because I don't like lifting after practice because that's just going to make my day even longer. So so around 8.30, we might meet. Uh, so like I said, I get there an hour before, which is about 7.30. I eat breakfast and, you know, just kind of relax until 8.30 meeting. So we might meet from 8.30 to maybe about 12. Oh. 8.30 to 12. 8.30 to 12? 830 to 12, about? we're gonna meet. So you're gonna go from the team meeting, then 
it's going after team meeting, it might be special teams meeting. So I'll get a little break there because I'm not on special teams, but I'm still in the building. I'm not going, I'm just basically lounging around in my locker or shooting the shit somewhere around the facility or whatever. Or, I mean, uh, and from there you go to, uh, you go to your offensive defensive meetings, offensive defensive meetings, you usually installing, you know, what we're going to do, you know, that, uh, that week in the game. So that's going to go about an hour, maybe an hour and a half, depending on, you know, um, how lengthy, um, you know, your coaches or whatever. So from there, you're going to go to individual meetings. Then you're going to be in individual meetings for another hour and a half, maybe two hours from there. You get a, you go into practice, but you're going to get a lunch break before practice. So that lunch break, no, no, wait, from the last meeting, you got a walkthrough. So you're going to go to the walkthrough. Uh, walkthrough is going to be about 45 minutes. And you basically walk through all the stuff you're going to do in practice. So after the walkthrough, you get, uh, you get a lunch break for about, uh, maybe about 40 minutes. So after lunch break, then you go to practice. Now it's about one o'clock, like one, one. You haven't even started practice yet. <laughs> haven't even started practice yet. Then you go to practice. You're going to practice for two hours. I know we practice for two hours now. After practice, you got meetings after practice. Then you watch film for maybe about 30 minutes. You watch the practice film. And then after that, you got to do all your, your, when, your self-care. Your, when, your when are you human? Yourself. When do you get to be a human? They're not. When you get home at about eight o'clock. <laughs> really? Y'all have 12 have, hour days. And all you have. So when I usually when I'm done with practice and meetings, then I usually take another two hours. I do hot tub, cold tub, uh, whatever else I need to do to make sure, you know, I'm good to go for practice the next day. Then I finally go home. And once I get home, I relax maybe an hour and two. Then I have to watch film for another hour and a half to prepare myself for the next day. So by then, only thing left to do is eat and go to sleep. Get you a little sip of water. I know that. Okay, so first of all, congratulations to you. You just signed uh, that's another deal. That's mandatory. <laughs> you just signed another deal with yes, Denver. Yes, thank you. Okay? Thank you. Congratulations. Um, you also, and this isn't to put you on blast at all, but here on Road Trip, we love telling stories and we love when you tell your story. Um, you also just discussed that you're not happy with the 17 week schedule. That Did you just hear that day? Did you just hear that day that that's that man why, just that's said? That's why I'm asking this. Is Did you it hear that like, shitty day? What is the reasoning behind that? And that's just a, just because for me, I mean, 16 games is enough. Like by the time you get to week, 12 13 maybe 14 and, and and if you're not a contender or not a team that's going to be in the playoffs man you're looking at the schedule saying shit man hey you you planning trips you like man it's it, the season's long enough once you go through camp which is a month you go through preseason usually four weeks and depending on who you are you may not have to play but you still got to practice and do all this other stuff now you got to prepare all week all year for any play 16 games by the by the time you get to that week 16 17 man your body is beat up you beat the shit and it's just like mentally you mentally you're shot and you're just trying to find a way to get to Sunday and so you're gonna add another week on top of that and and for me I'm just like all right well if you're a team that's in contention why add another week when you can go out there and not some of your best guys you know go down just because you added another week and when you get in the playoffs you don't got your best guy. Mm -hmm. or, or one of your best guys or something like that. So it's just, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, we, I feel like 16 weeks is enough. And get that shit done in 16 weeks, then it, it's a problem. Well, and again, if it's not if it's, if it's it's not the 17th, I feel like aren't they adding another playoff game? 
Are they adding another – not a playoff round, but like an opportunity for they teams? Did, yeah, they, 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 yeah, they did that a lot. They, they started that last year, so I think it was three games. So they added a, a extra – One extra, like, round, so another wild card game. So, so, okay, so my thing is this. If you guys as players – like, you've heard enough players speak out about this, saying they did not want this, that this is not uh, just purely about money – and like, yes, money was going to go on our pockets. More money was going to go in your pockets. But at the same point in time, like the damage that that one extra game can do at the end of the season. So why did you guys agree to this? Why, why as players? And you and I'm not asking you to put your guys on blast, but just like you heard too many guys speaking out against this. And you, the guys that were obviously speaking for it and voted for it have been semi quiet during this time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, they're going to be quiet about it. But I'm going to tell you, like, our league, we had – I think it was it was close uh, with the voting. It was really, really close. But we had, like, maybe – I can't remember what it was, but we had a, a crazy amount of guys that didn't even vote. So if you get guy, you get those extra votes, whether they're left or right, maybe, you know – this new CBA, it's not passed. So it's just like we had a ton of guys that didn't vote. So now we, I mean, we're looking around, looking crazy. We got an extra game and all this extra stuff, and 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 now everybody's pissed. I mean, so I mean, when you have guys that just obviously not really taking care of the sit or not taking the situation serious, and they don't vote, you know, I mean, what can we say? Yeah, because the people that want it are gonna vote. The people whose money is gonna go up. The people that you know. The people whose money is really getting affected, but it was, you know, a lot of the younger guys, a lot of the guys are just kind of floating around. They're still just happy to be there. 16 games, 12 games. It don't matter. They just want to play football. But it's like you're not really. Yeah. When you guys said 17, I was like, well, they had to approve it. So, right, yeah, yeah, did. I mean, obviously, the, they, they proposed it. So, but it was, like I said, we had a ton of guys that didn't vote in. I know, like for me, I'll be I'll be 33 next Saturday. I don't need that extra game. Yeah, well, just be glad, just be glad it's happening at the end. Just be glad that extra game is happening at the end of the career. You might not wait until 33. You're shortening careers, so you may get a little bit of money in your your career, right? Because you have that extra game or those extra two games, but then you're shortening your career because of the that week starts to add up, right? So instead of getting, uh, yeah, the wear and tear of it and the mental of it, even that last week, if you're if you're already guaranteed to go to playoffs, you're not playing any of your players. So like, let's say you know the buck the Bucks play the Jets, right? The Bucks aren't going, the Buccaneers aren't going to play anybody. So they're going to play their third string guys that game who haven't played all year against a team who's played all sixteen games and they got their starters out. Trying to develop culture, like somebody's gonna get but hurt. Thing, but the thing about, but the thing about the NFL, like even when they get late like that, if you already know you're in the playoffs, like you're gonna have to play some of your starters. You don't have enough guys to be able to sit all your starters out. You obviously you sit your quarterback out. You might sit your best receiver out, your running back, or something like that. But defensively, those guys gonna probably have to go play. Mm. So. So even if you're your best corner or safety or your best linebacker have to play for uh, whatever, like some of those guys are going to have to go play because, you know, it, it's not enough guys to sit everybody out. Mm-hmm. So what if you do with, what if you do with your best linebacker or your best corner and get a high ankle? You're oh. done. I, 
Yeah, you are. Well, look, look, I know, like poor Laker fans right now. But the worst part about it is that it's not going backwards, right? You guys, I don't want to say it'll never ever, but you guys missed your opportunity to keep it in probably the best zone because now this is the seventeen games. Next conversation is eighteen games. Is she by that time they started eighteen? <laughs> I'll be. I have my feet kicked up. I'll be done throwing okay. those things over the power line. I'll be okay, with that, it. let's make the transition to things and talk about things that don't piss us off, things that make us happy, uh, because we have been told Channing's name here on Zoom is Wine Lord. Uh, we talk about Chosen Wine, his bottle that, um, several bottles that he has now created himself. And we hear that you are a big wine connoisseur as well. Yes, I am. I am. Um... I've been like heavy into it maybe four years now. Uh, it took me a while to kind of get onto the train. And I actually started drinking wine through uh, my guy that does my suits out of New York. He put me on a mile back uh, kind of early on. And then from there, I just started to kind of, you know, uh, taste test and you know, experiment with a lot of different things. From, and from there, I just, it just kind of grew. And now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a huge wine, wine guy. Malbec is a... That's a wild wine to start with. Most people say yeah. cab, you know. And there's no look, there, there's and, no judgment here. No, and 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 the thing about it is the more I got into it and and I'm like, damn, I can't believe I started with a Malbec. And the thing about it, I had I don't, I don't think I've had a Malbec since then. No, that's what I'm saying. Nobody's like, oh yeah, I just I start out with the Northern Rome Syrah. Like nobody starts out like that. Like you start out with usual, like, you know. Chardonnay, Pinot, Cab, Rosé, Champagne. So what are, okay, so you're into it, but how into it uh, are you in a sense of, do you want to do this when you're done? Uh, do you want to have your own label? Do you want to own a vineyard? What are some of your favorite uh, um, cultures? Or do you just want to drink it? Do you just want to drink it like me? Yeah, I just want to drink a, a ton of it. I, I haven't gotten to the point <laughs> where I'm just like, I, I want to create my own label or, you know, a venue or anything like that. I just, I just really enjoy it. You know, downtime, it's not too heavy on me, obviously during the season, uh, a glass or two every night for me, you know, kind of uh, relaxes me, you know, from a long day and, and, you know, just, just, and, it, and it keeps me, you know, it keeps me happy. It keeps a smile on my face at the end of the day out there, like I say, but, um, for me, I just I just love to enjoy it. I haven't gotten to the point where I was like, oh, this is something that I, I really want to, you know, invest in as far as, you know, a vineyard or anything like that. Okay, so so have you have you made any trips? Like, I, so you just went to Napa. Have you been to like France? Have you been to like any of those places ever? Like, unfortunately, uh, I took a trip with fucking Channing. So I had to listen to his snooty ass talk about wine every single time we've been to France. But it's still it's a good time. But like, have you been any place like to kind of just taste wine and just get that experience? I haven't gone to France or anywhere like that. Um, right now, I just, you know, try to take a trip here and there to, to Napa and, and hit all the vineyards there before I, I can get to the point to go to France. So how was that France trip? Man, listen. Listen, different. you're going to look, no offense, here's the deal. France, Italy, they have been doing this for hundreds of years. Right, right. Napa has been doing it for like 50. So like, this is maybe second generation. They're at like 30, 40 generations of somebody doing something. So like, when they say, oh, these vines are 600 years old, you're like, you're like, God damn. <laughs> 
<laughs> you understand why it's three hundred dollars a bottle? They just have a respect for it. Not that Napa doesn't. They just have a respect for it, and the rules of how you make a bottle of wine are so strict. Is why it's so impressive to me. Like you can't irrigate your fields. Like whatever you get is whatever you get. Like if you're in a shitty spot and that year you don't have any yield, you're shit out of luck. So it's like you gotta know. And just people grow up wanting to do that job. Where here, people are like, well, I'm going to do it because of money or I just like doing it. You know, over there, they're like, my dad did it. My grandpa did it. His grandpa did it. And they've been just living in the fields. And so it's an amazing trip to learn and get hyped up. Um, I can't wait. I went to Italy with Richard. Oh, fuck face over there. And I can't wait to go back and learn because I wasn't really like, I wasn't there for the wine. But I want to go back to wine and get into Piedmont. The Barolos and Nebbiolos and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's not that exp- it's not that expensive. It's not let me say you can do that trip. You can plan that out. Like what like it, it, well, it's well, not well, what's what's not that what's not that expensive because the, <laughs> thank you. Based on your contract, you're gonna be you're gonna be just okay. Football and basketball is, is a little different. So. okay, okay. So let, let me say what year is this for you in football? Uh twelve. Okay, so twelve. Then let me let me just say this. That's a weekend in Vegas. With all, to due, you. with all due respect, you've earned it. Okay, <laughs> whatever the trip is, right? If you're a wine person, if you're this, like, dude, like, like, you can make more money. But those type of experiences, and when I say that, like, it wasn't that expensive. It's like the whole trip. You're not spending ten thousand dollars on the whole trip, right? Like. Now it depends on how much you drink and how much you eat. Like we're, I'm talking about like, you know, you know, you can get, you can get a nice affordable plane ticket. You can, you can map out if you want to go down to Florence. Like we drove. So we, I don't even know where we drove from to another place, but like we rented smart cars, Channing's old tall ass. No, no, no. I was in Alfa Romeo. My shit was booming, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Hey. No lie, I was freaked out because I'm like, I don't ever drive. When we were in Italy, we had a driver and they drove us everywhere, right? Because our wives yeah. went. And so now, we're, I'm, Lauren's like, yeah, let's rent a car. Everyone's like, yeah, let's rent cars. I'm like, you can have my big ass driving and everybody rents these cars and we're just driving down the coast. We go to, God, we went to Provence. We went to Bordeaux. We took the train to Bordeaux. We went to Nice. We went to all these places. So if you go with a good group, it's the best trip ever. Like, yeah. it is unbelievable. I went to uh, I went to Italy when I was in college uh, for spring break. Uh, one of my boys was playing. What kind of spring break? Like, shit, that's that Alabama money. That's that Alabama money. Where are you going for spring break? You going to Daytona? Now nah, I'm gonna go to Italy. One of my uh, one of my boys was playing ball over there, so he he flew me over for uh, for spring break. Um, so is that, was that considered an extra was that considered an extra benefit are we, are we allowed to talk about that now? I, I i could i well yeah we can talk about it now but at that point in time everybody's like where are you going i'm just like man i'm gonna probably just stay here or I'm gonna go back home <laughs> you don't gotta tell about truth. it he yeah and then the thing about it he went to uh he went to kentucky so he's just like listen man you can't tell nobody this and that so i'm like all right cool and um i ended up driving home and then you know i flew from from my uh from atlanta flew me over so it was it was a cool little trip but i, I obviously i wasn't into wanting anything like that um mm. so i'm definitely had to get back over there and, and check it out yeah, yeah okay, don't so what's try your, and, like what's all your... that football basketball money shit what 
Richard, what's your uh, you tried? what's your favorite varietal now of wine? Oh, so it's, you're off uh, the Malbec. I listen to you, Channing, when you speak. I'm a I'm, I'm a I'm a cab guy right now. Um, Camus is one of my favorites. Um, Opus. I'm a, I'm a huge Opus guy, but I, I pretty I, I stay stocked with Camus. The, the special select, the special selection. That's that's one of my. Um, just now, I, when I just went, uh, I checked the uh, Gamble Family uh, Vineyard out. That one was pretty good. Um, it's a, it's a couple of others that I um that I I really really like. But Camus, I, I can't go wrong. For me, I can't go wrong with Camus and um, Sassicai is a, another good one that I like. That uh, Italian, one. okay, okay. Uh, Jane, did you get your Sassicai? Did you get that? Did you get that from Bron? Did you get it? Did you end up getting it? Did. Yeah, yeah. Man, uh, have you ever tried it's, Bond? It's, 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 which one? B O N D Bond is really good. I, I haven't tried that one. Maya Thomas is really good. Oh, we went really there. Good. Really good. I think I had that one before. I had the Maya Thomas. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. Uh, Heinz Sellers, you tried them? Uh, I haven't. I'm about to get you. I'm about to get you after this. You have to uh, send me a list or something, man. I got you a list, dog. Channing, you can probably. Let me let me be the spokesperson for Chosen for a second. You should probably send him your bottle. Oh, I could do that. We yeah, got a Pinot's he, great. <laughs> yeah. So this we're coming out with Pinot Noir, our nineteen Pinot Noir next week. Week after that. Wait, did you send me the rosé, Channing? I'm sending you the new rosé, Richard. It's, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one sold what, out what? too quick. <laughs> oh, you're a piece of shit. See, you're welcome. <laughs> see, that's either. how. But see, that's it. We help him sell out all his shit. Cream. And the next thing you know, like he's like, "Oh man, I ain't got no more. It's sold out." It's like you're welcome, dog. You could save one. Can I taste it? Can I just can I get a taste? Oh, I'd rather yeah, send yeah, you definitely. four or five than just send you one thirty dollar bottle. It's the shipping costs as much as a bottle does. Yeah, let me. You gotta definitely let me know so I can so I can go in and, and order a couple of. Uh, okay, uh, we'll take care of you. You know, don't worry about it, dog. You came on I the show. We'll it. take care of you. Chosen family. No, I appreciate it. Hey, you want to know what's funny? I met you guys one night. Oh, where at? <laughs> I love these stories. You, you guys, and and I'm gonna tell you because I'm a huge basketball fan, and LeBron's my favorite player. So I, I when I was with the Cavs, I, I follow the Cavs like pretty much everywhere you guys go play. And so you guys were in the playoffs, and y'all was playing the Hawks. It was a couple of years I put y'all would get the Hawks the first first round yeah. every year. And I'm from Georgia, so it was an easy trip for me, and I would go to Atlanta, you know and catch a game out. Um, you guys, I was, I was standing at the W, and you guys come in. <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> yes, upstairs in the lounge park. Yo, yo, we were. I sent you guys a bottle, and Channing came over and got me and brought me back over and introduced me to all you guys. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> Yes. Do you not remember this, Jimmy? No, I remember. No, Yo, no. we were, hey, we were, because I feel like that was right after we just went up 3-0, yeah, right? I did. Yeah, I, I remember it. And it's crazy because, like I said, I had one of my boys with me, and we were just sitting at the bar in the W, um, and you guys come in, and I'm like, oh, shit. And like I said, I'm, I mean, I was a huge Cavs fan at the time, and you guys were, you know, obviously. Aww. You know, kicking ass at that point in time. So you guys went up to the. And I'm like, yo, they got any more tables? And obviously, my they ended up putting my table right next to you guys. So I sent you a bottle. I sent you guys a bottle, and then 
you came over, got me, introduced me to everybody. It was pretty cool. You know, obviously for me, I was I was young. I can't remember how long ago that was. So I'm just like, oh shit, that, that was pretty cool for me. Yeah, we. I I remember eight threes. Remember Channing? Yo, oh, don't remind the Hawks fans. They're salty still. (laughs) Barbecue. Yeah, see that that night for me was tough because I remember walking for the four seasons and I got so this. I'll tell you. This is how hammered I I was that night. (laughs) (laughs) Danny remembers it. This is how hammered I got. This is how hammered I got. We were we had been crushing whatever, so we we're up three zero. And you guys, at this point, we we're up seven zero in the playoffs. And playoffs. So at I this point it. in time, so at this point in time, I'm completely like we go to the W, and I'm drinking because I'm going to the conference final. I feel it. I was like, I'm going to the conference finals for the first time in 13 years. I'm letting it go right all the way. <laughs> so the next morning, I I've, I I just I was so spaced out. The next morning. After that, that's why I don't remember meeting him. I get to, uh, you know, we're in the room, uh, you know, we're all just chilling. I pass out, whatever. I wake up in the next morning, order me some breakfast, just eat, just chill. And I'm just relaxing. And I go back to sleep. I just go back to sleep. And all of a sudden, like, I wake up to like phone calls and texts like, yo, where are you? We had a meeting. And I was like, (laughs) we had a meeting, right? And this is why T. Lou was great. This is why T. Lou was great. They find me. They find me for for missing. And, I, and, and like that, I, I probably missed three meetings in my 17 years because I just spaced out. I'm like, ah, we're up 3-0. It's fine. It's just over. Like what I what I just I completely spaced out. Like and so T. Lou, uh, David Griffin was like, well, what, what are we going to do with Rich? What, what, what are we going to do? He's like, I'm not going to fucking suspend him. We're just going to find him. He missed the meeting. We're up 7 It's like, dude, relax. It's different. But it was just like that night I got so hammered because I was so excited that we were one win away from going to conference finals again that the next day I think I was still drunk like half the day. And then we went out, obviously, and won the next game. But, yeah, that's why I don't remember because I barely remember the next morning. Don't lie. I knew we were going to win when I saw Kyrie start going into his bag of tricks so Kyrie, like when a game is serious, he's going to give you maybe a one-two dribble move, get to the rim. He's going to be very kind of precise. When he drove right, and you remember when he flicked it up like this, Richard? And oh, flicked it over nice. Al Horford, Paul Millsap. Like he drove like this, and, and Al Horford is guarding him. I feel bad for all the people who are just listening on the audio. You can't see Channing's amazing skills right now. <laughs> We'll post it. We'll post it on our social. I'm like, what is he doing? I don't know. I'm looking around like I, he drove like Channing. Just look, look, look this there's not time. But that's that's crazy. Just being Kyrie. Well, okay. Well, let no respect for anybody. We ran the same play game three for a whole quarter. We ran a screen and roll with me and him, and they ISO. They kept switching out Horford, and I kept yelling, "Barbecue his ass, get his ass!" And Kyrie was like. Say less, well, at, at least at, at least you got to see firsthand, Kareem, that like our team was pretty tight because I swear there was probably yeah. 12, 12 of the 12 of the 14 roster guys were together. Oh, right. Yeah, for sure. yeah, we, yeah y'all, y'all, y'all came in pretty deep. Y'all came in pretty deep. <laughs> OK, so let me ask you this. Sure. Let me let me ask you this. Since you said you're a LeBron fan, you are in Denver. Um, you have a guy on the Nuggets that is a possible mvp of the league yeah he's yeah he's he's, he's who, playing who, some hell of a ball yeah what's your what's your thought is Jokic the mvp is um, LeBron? 
And be, I mean, it's tough I'm, with the injury. I'm, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, obviously with the injury, you know, it's a little tough. But uh, I I think now, right now, it's between the Joker or Harden because Harden's doing some crazy stuff out in Brooklyn as well. But he's out right now too. But, um, uh, I mean, Joker is obviously everything for that team. You know, and 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 obviously getting a chance to be there and and see it firsthand before COVID and stuff. But he, he, he's an he's an amazing player. Did y'all forget yeah. about Damian Lillard? <laughs> <laughs> say what? Chan- Channing lives in Portland, so he is contractually obligated to mention Damian Lillard whenever the MVP race is going. And Damian Lillard should be in the MVP race, but Channing just has to, say, to put it out there. And I said this. Yeah, I was on a podcast love- before this. I said the only reason he wouldn't get it, right, is because Jokic's one thing that people said he couldn't do is play defense, but I think their team is 15th, right? Their team defense is 15th. Damian Lillard's, the Portland Trailblazers' defense is 30th. So you yeah, can't see, like, I mean, they're not, I see they're not built to be He's good. like, I can see that. Right? Hey, but, like, Jokic built to, built is to solid. He, he almost averages two steals a game, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah but, but. But again, this is where you get into those bullshit fucking analytics because when you go and look at protecting the paint, they they their their like paint field goal like percentage is the worst. Denver, I'm talking about. So like they do a that's why they needed Aaron Gordon. They do a god awful job of protecting the paint. So like yeah, yeah, their team defense might be 15th, but where your center, whether it's via charges, blocks, communications, whatever it is. Like your paint defense is the their paint defense. The Denver Nuggets is the worst in the league. Well, can I can I say this? <clears throat> in yeah, today's yeah. system, thank you, Richard, for giving me permission. In today's system, Jokic isn't always down there with the big men. They run a screen and roll. They switch a lot of stuff. So he's guarding the guard. So how can he get blocked shots? Like Portland is thirtieth in defense but they're eighth in the league in block shots what's crazy uh-huh. is that we're talking about an individual award but basing it off of team statistics yes. oh talk that shit ally talk that shit talk that shit ally <laughs> if, we're, if we're not talking about team statistics then damian lillard should win if we're talking about just pure body of work from well, what about james harden then if we're talking about that if we're going to talk about just statistics james harden no we're not talking about this st- Listen, it's also the narrative, Richard. You're in the media now. You can't big boy the Houston Rockets and then go ball out with three other, five other all-stars. He, 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 he definitely big boy them, man. And I just love going to Rockets game. And it's just like, oh. Yeah, but you know what? That was the best move for him. I don't know the direction the Rockets are going. I like Paul Silas. I like John Wall. But, like, where are they going as a team? You either got to be really good or really bad. And... I like Christian Wood. I think he's. I think he's going to be really good. Yeah. Who else do you watch if you have to stay up and watch a game? Other than like obviously I'm the. the, the I'm gonna. I'm gonna stay up and watch all of them. I mean, I'm. A, I'm. I'm just a. I'm just a fan. I'm just a huge fan. So I'm gonna stay up and watch all of the games. Um, from from the time they come on to 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 the last one go off, I'm, I'm gonna watch them all. You know? There we go, man. Yeah, I don't. I'm not the guy that's just going to pick and choose, you know, games to watch here and there. I watch them all, man, because I, I just like, you know, I just like to see guys, you know, go out, obviously compete at a high level and obviously the great players in in, in that league. I, I like to watch them all. And you know how was your game? Tell, tell us how your game. Yeah. Uh, I can play. I got a um, – I'm a, I'm a good point guard. I'm going to strap in on defense. I'm going to put the ball in – 
or uh, where it needs to go. But I, I can get to the cup and score if I need to. Oh, okay, so okay, give me the high school stats. Give me the high school stats. Give me, give me the high school, high school stats. I, I was about fifteen in high school. I ain't gonna say. Uh, look, I was, look at you. I had a couple of small, couple of small time offers. Nothing big time, but I mean, what was a small me, time pretty, offer? I think I had Central Michigan or some shit like oh, that. Hang on, there is nothing wrong with Central Michigan. It is in the MAC. I played at Toledo. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Uh, uh, wait, so Ali, he's not he's not disrespecting your school by saying Central Michigan. Look, if someone he said, said "Look, it's town school," Michigan yes, that's yeah. Central Michigan. Look, it's like, look, if someone says they had some Pac-12 offers and it was Washington State and 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 look, I don't know and Oregon State. As if it's bigger than Arizona, okay? And and I was just one of those guys that was out there because I could play. You know, I pretty I already knew, you know, what was going to be, you know. And they, and they knew they they knew they were like, yeah, he, he's he's gonna go play football. We just need somebody yeah. physical. Corner blitz. It would have to be Patrick Mahomes. Oh. Ooh. He be just talking Ooh. shit out there. He's slippery he, too. And the thing about it, he don't really talk shit though. He's just so good. He's just so good, man. And what he does for that offense and obviously the weapons that he have, it's just like it, it make your chances so much better. You can knock the hell out of him and kind of slow him down. But he, he, he's, he's just so good, man. And and I respect the hell out of him as a player, man. Like I said, he, he's just so smart as a player. And it's crazy. We play, we was playing him this year. And, you know, he's in my division, so we play him twice a year. And the second time we played him, he's just looking at us. And he's like, he tell them, he's like, all right, we, we're good. We're good. And he just basically calling our coverages out. What? And we like, oh shit, man. It's like <laughs> <laughs> and, and we like, oh shit. And it's just like he, he's just so good, man. The, uh, his skill set, his arm strength, you know, the way he's able to keep plays alive. He just does so many great things for that team and that offense, man. It's one of those things you get a chance to knock the hell out of. You want to make them pay for, for making you chase those guys around. And, and even when you have them covered, he's just going to take off and run. Well, and that's the thing that makes it so crazy about him, though, is that when you're when a guy's like that, when a guy that, that has that many weapons and is that skilled, I don't know because, again, we don't have anything like that in basketball. But when, because in basketball, we're like, we're running four up, one down. And it's like, everybody knows, like by the time you play a team, a team seven times in a series, do you know all their play calls? They all know, you're, you know, it's just a matter of like, we dare you to stop us. Right. So like when they're, when a, when a guy like that, that has that weapons, that many weapons, and he's that skilled and he's looking at you guys and he's calling out your defensive coverages. Like oh. what's the level of like, Fuck, here we go. Like, what the okay, are you trying to get like audible 32 but, chicken but, nuggets? But and then we, we was in this whole thing this year, so we were playing a lot of zero against him. So it's just like nobody has no help, it's no middle field safety. We basically blitzing everybody. You just got rushed. so it's just like, and and but he's like, he's looking, he's looking, he's like, we're good, guys. They in zero. I'm like, oh my fucking god. <laughs> He's like, tell, I'm like, man, and we go to it one time. We was like, hey, he, he's basically telling us we're in zero. He knows. And the coach was like, it's okay. Just run it. Like, all right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden something happens. 
Like, you know, they man. blitz, you're a man coverage. He leads a receiver that didn't even have a break on you. And there's just no help coming from anywhere. You're just ISO. Tyree kill, Tyree kill ISO. There's either that or he, he scramble around, make somebody miss, somebody run back to come back to the ball, pretty yard game. He's like, oh my God, man, come on. This is unreal. Is there a guy in the NFL that you think is like a breakout star that we, I don't want to say haven't heard of, but like need to watch more? Is there a guy where you're like, I like this guy. He doesn't get a lot of attention, but like is nice. Uh, hmm. I'm going to say the guy that's playing on the side of me, uh, Justin Simmons. Okay. I don't know if you guys, I mean, yeah. for me. He just resigned and, too, right? And, yeah, he just resigned and he just made his second Pro Bowl this year. But, the, I mean, I, I think he's one of those guys. To me, he's the best in the game. Uh, I know a lot of other guys get a lot of recognition. He don't really get a lot of recognition that he deserves. He's a hell of a hell of a player. He can cover, tackle. He, he does it all, you know. Um, but I, I think him, you know, he, like I said, he don't get a lot of recognition for what he does out there on the field. But um, and it's just starting to kind of, you know, pick up for him. I mean, obviously he's the highest paid now, but before he, he, I, I, I would say him. Kareem, this has been so much fun. Um, before we let you go, I do want to give you a chance. Um, you have the Kareem Jackson Foundation. Yes, yes, I do. What are you guys working on? What What do you have going on? Um, right now, we're actually just trying to schedule some new events for um, the season, the upcoming season. Hopefully, things will be back to normal. Um, we usually do an event called Pretty in Pink. And let me explain what is, you know, the Kareem Jackson Foundation, what we uh, support. And that's all. Uh, it's, uh, we support women with breast cancer. We do a lot of women, uh, work with women with breast cancer. My mom's a two-time breast cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. And we work a lot with kids with pediatric cancer. Uh, my sister is a leukemia survivor as well. So oh. between wow. those two causes, we do a lot of, a ton of our work with those two causes. And um, like I said, firsthand, for me firsthand, just being able to see it and what it does to, what cancer does to a family, man. You know, um, I just told myself once I got to a, a point or in a situation where, you know, I can create my own foundation and help some families and try to put some smiles on these kids' faces because, you know, they're not able to, you know, live normal lives as, as, as kids, you know. There's no going outside and playing with them. It's no school. It's, you know, it's no friends, you know, sleepovers and all that stuff. It's none of that for them. So for me, I, I want to try to be a light for them and just try to be an escape and get away for them whenever I can. And um, so we, we just try to schedule events, you know, here and there uh, throughout the year, throughout the season. Like I said, we usually do a uh, pretty and pink event. It's where we uh, just bring um, some women that see the battle in breast cancer or that's in remission. You know, they come in and we pamper them. We do uh, manis and petties. You know, uh, we may have a, a makeup artist there. And then we... Um, we do lunch for them. Just try to just try to pamper them. Just pretty much all, that that entire day, you know, so they can feel special. Um, you know, I would do a tons of visits to the to the hospital for the kids. Um, um, for Christmas, we just went and well, we didn't go. We didn't get a chance to go, but we was able to uh, send a uh, send some toys to the Denver hospital, and uh, we we actually did it uh, via Zoom. 
and just watching those kids open up uh, toys and things like that. So just try to just try to be some type of light for them and escape and just try to put some smiles on their faces. Well, look, well whenever uh, you're doing events, let us know. Yeah, let yeah. us know. Yeah, that's definitely, awesome. Definitely. Um, obviously, what you do on the field stands for itself, but that right there alone uh, speaks to the character and the kind of person you are off the field. So we've had a wonderful, awesome time chatting with you. The stories are exactly what we here at Road Trip and love to tell. Um, so thank you for joining us. Channing will send you all the bottles of wine and the list, <laughs> all the intel you need. Um, and all of yeah. Fella. I'm learning too, which is fun. You know, it's like, I don't know a lot about Napa Cab, but when I go to this, the place where I store my wine, I'm always asking questions, right? And I think that's what makes wine fun. So yeah, get my number, get whatever you need, and I'll, anything I got, you can get, information-wise. All right, perfect. I really appreciate that. Uh, do is, is, do you have a spot in uh, Napa? No, so I'm going, I'm actually going to be, be in, in Napa, Napa next, in the, in the next two, two weeks. weeks we're, in, uh, do, we're doing a Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir, and we're trying to find, trying a, to find a, a, vineyard a vineyard that we want to do a, a chosen, chosen family, family Napa cab with. But it takes 18 months in barrel, so we have to get it now before so we have to sign the, the contract now before harvest so we can give them the money to give us the grapes there's a process the whole wine business is right. awesome but there is like yeah. oh you want, oh, wine? You want wine? Oh, guess oh guess what, what? That's, that's, that's two years from now that's a year from now that's our champagne four years from now so it's it's wild that sounds awful wild. man that, that I was about to say it sounds great, but. <laughs> well, sounds... there you go. Whenever you need anything wine related, hit up Channing. He'll direct wow. you, if not give you all the answers. But Green, cheers Green, to we you. Ap we appreciate you, on man. The new deal. You're awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Awesome. It's another yeah, yeah. Wow. Hey, Road Trippin' fam. We are excited to let you know that Road Trippin' is proud to be presented by FanDuel. Never played NBA Daily Fantasy on FanDuel before? Well, check this out. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Why should you play on FanDuel NBA? Well, for one, it is easy to use when it comes to their app. What's not to love about that? But also, for example, they offer different and unique contests across sports in relation to your skill level. Oh yeah, and get this, you can play for big prizes, single game contests for the biggest national matches, and enter contests for as low as five cents. That's right, five cents. Simply incredible. So again, let's recap. Right now, FanDuel is offering up to a $500 bonus instantly when you make your first deposit with a 20% deposit match. Enter URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin to play now and get your deposit bonus. That's URL FanDuel.com backslash roadtrippin so they know we sent you. FanDuel, more ways to win.